Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Update. And I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Yes. Just a couple of best friends and Clipper credential media folks who bring you locked on Clippers. When do we bring it to them? Five days a week, Monday through Friday. Make us your first listen. Kill some of that windshield time or, you know, that work from home commute that you got going on. But yeah, get informed with the clips. 7 a.m. every every weekday. Absolutely. Kicking things off today, we're going to be looking ahead to the Blazers. Clippers are taking on the Blazers Ooh. at home, hoping to get their first home win. First win in general. Yeah. Well, <laughs> first one in general, yeah. But home, I feel like doubly important. Sure. We're going to talk about what we need to do well in that game as well as what could go wrong. Give you a couple of key matchups to take a look at. And then in segment two, it's the Freshies. Every single Monday, we talk about the fresh guys to the squad. Mm -hmm. uh, we will also have a Luke Kennard progress report. Had to bring it back. This is, yeah, this is a recurring segment that we had last <laughs> season. Uh, it seems like through two games, we're going to have a lot more to talk about this season Hell with Luke yeah. Kennard, uh, as well we should. So can't wait to get into that. And then in segment three, we're going to be doing Vort Watch. <laughs> this is another new segment that we're going to have this season. We're going to be looking specifically at Terrence Mann and Justice Winslow. Uh, and we'll give you a little bit of background uh, on VORP as well as we understand it. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. And also, they're, uh, in Shavings, which is where we wrap up everything else, there's kind of some new in-game stuff at Staples. I'm worried for Chuck the Condor's safety for the rest of the season. They're doing their best <laughs> to enhance the fan experience. Uh, so I'm excited to talk about all that and more coming up right about now. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes. So Clippers versus Blazers at Staples Center Monday night. Yeah. Uh, should be a good time. We'll be there. If you're there, come say what's up. Um, some uh, housekeeping out of late. No Norman Powell for the Blazers. Yeah. Yeah. So he uh, left their Saturday game uh, with a knee injury. Uh, apparently it's nothing serious, but, you know, best. Uh, get better. Best of luck. Best of health uh, coming to him. You know, you. You want to fight. You want to face teams at full strength, or at Absolutely. least I do. Yeah. Uh, no Serge Ibaka in this one. However, we have some kind of so Farbod tweeted out that he thinks Serge is going to be back after five games. There's some other scuttlebutt that put him coming back after November seventh, which is closer to ten. So let's hope it's less than twenty. Um, but I would I wouldn't be surprised if it's maybe closer to that ten number. I mean, he's almost a week into five on five at this point, right? Yeah. So I I mean he's progressing well. I guess I still don't fully know what the timeline is, but I would I would say in yeah, probably that five to ten games yeah. kind of kind of area. So what do we need to do well to get our first win of the season? So it's funny, we both put in separate notes for this. And let's start with uh yours, because mine is kind of conflicting it, but we also need both of these things. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> I mean, I I think in this one we're gonna need some more Paul George heroics. It seems pretty clear right now that he's gotta score over 30 for the Clippers to to be making some noise. Right now with how the defense looks. I was gonna say, yeah. So a lot of this, you know, like I it's difficult to have to lean on a player in this way. Uh it's not that he's not capable of it, I mean, but yeah. the way our defense has been performing he's going to need to have another big game. Like This is just sure. a Portland team that that's what they do is score. Mm -hmm. uh, and so to keep our head above water, we're going to need to do more of the same. Look, Paul George was fabulous in Saturday night's loss. He was just I mean, it was unbelievable. Uh, yeah. He finished with 41, 10, and 4. He added two steals, and he was remarkably efficient. 60% yeah. from the floor, 42% from deep. So the Trailblazers team has some issues containing forwards uh they do have covington uh they play powell at a forward position even though he's kind of more guard he's you mm -hmm. know kind of fringy kind of guard forward guy yeah. but he won't be around uh 
Barnes, however, for the Kings went off for 36 against the Trailblazers. So I think Paul George could easily go off for 40. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that it doesn't need to come to that. Yes, um, but it might. But it, you know, it's probably something that you know we're going to need a big, another big Paul George performance in this one. Yes. I'm guessing that he's going to be seeing a fair amount of Covington. I'm curious how Paul. And they George might is blitz gonna... him too. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, in in man on man, I, I think it'll largely be Covington. Uh, although that that could change. But I'm curious to see how Paul George is going to choose to attack this one because yeah, the Trailblazers actually did a really pretty good job of limiting the Suns from taking threes. I, I think the they Suns, I think yeah. they took less than 30 threes in that game, Damn. which is low. Yeah. These days, shockingly um, low. <laughs> uh, so, what else do we need to do well? You, you, you're going to contradict me here. What, what, do, what do you think we need to do well? Paul George needs help from outside. Yes. Um, per Andrew Greif, obviously you should be following Andrew Greif. You're building Farbot. Um, through two games, Paul George has hit five of his twelve open threes, which, by definition, means that the closest defender is four to six feet away from him. So he is lights out at open threes, which is not a surprise. However. Other Clippers are not shooting well from open threes. Reggie is two of nine on open threes. Morris is one of four. Kennard is 0 of five. Bledsoe's 0 of three. Man, Batum, and Coffee all 0 for one. So it's tough. In the NBA, if two of those shots fall in each of our first two games, we're looking at a much different Clippers start. Oh, which absolutely. is what's frustrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and 0 for one, I mean, like, I don't know. You can't yeah. get you can't I want get Batum, too down so, for that. And I want Batum's um attempts from wide open threes to be higher obviously he's kind of been put into some weird lineups but let's hope one guy can hit open looks for the blazers versus the blazers and i think we'll be all right if they blitz paul george as long as guys are hitting from outside it's going to be okay and that canard number from wide open threes oh and five that's getting flipped pretty soon i bet we're not yeah, gonna see yeah that, that yeah. can't sustain and some of that is like you know his, he was a little slow out the start in his, in, in the right. first game uh, I thought that he looked crisper game two. But we need one guy. Like, let's have one guy shoot two of five from three. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. And another thing we need to do well, and this is going to tie into what could go wrong, but yeah. we need to hound them off the perimeter. Portland sure. attempted 50 threes <laughs> against the Suns. You're getting smoked if the other team is average is uh, putting up 50 threes. Not only did they attempt 50, they hit those threes at a 41% clip as a team. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's one of those things, like if Dame is pulling up off the dribble, I, from deep, you know, I, I think that's one of those things you have to live with. Sure. But we can't lose guys on rotations. I thought that, yeah, uh, yeah I, I thought the way that some they were generating some open threes for Memphis uh, on Saturday night was unacceptable from the defense, which gets into... Let's go, let's get right into it. What could go wrong in this one? <laughs> and, and basically, like, the overarching thing is that, uh, overarching thing, is that the defense resembles what it's looked like so far. It, it, it hasn't been cohesive. Yes. Who's to blame for this? Like it's. I mean, the starters have been kind of worse on defense. Yeah, so that's <laughs> the thing that's like trouble, that like is worrisome, is that the the starters have have not been any better. I don't know um, if schematically there's things that need to change. I think Paul George and a couple other players alluded it to it being still sort of a mindset thing where they're still in preseason mode. Right. Guys aren't necessarily rushing back the way they they should. Kind be. of a classic Clippers thing is the mindset as we've heard so much over the last handful of years. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I mean, like, Ja found seams to get to the basket. There was, I thought, little resistance for drivers, yeah. sometimes even in, like, high-leverage moments that were very important to this team, and, and that's why <laughs> right. we lost. Um, some of this, though, I guess, how worried are, are, are we about it being a fatigue issue? Because... I think it's very fair to be worried about it. One of Morris 
or Nico is on the floor basically at all times and guarding and oftentimes at the five yeah um, or guarding Ja Morant like we saw like they're kind of taxed with either yeah guarding at the five which is physically taxing or guarding the other team's best player yes. until kind of later in the game we've seen but I mean I think it's it's fair to be worried about it right like Morris is like I tweeted out from the lockdown account that like Morris was moving well and I felt like that was only for a 45 second period in the first game. I thought yeah, and I then thought it in the just has game. looked a little rustier and creakier and like there's just like an old skateboard bearing. Yeah. You know, you, you turn the wheel and, and it's moving, but you're like this should this it's a little stiff. A little stiff. Um, yeah, yeah, I I thought that there were moments uh, in in that second game against Memphis where he he did look like he was moving well, but I agree he definitely hit a wall, uh, which is part of the ramp up. Yeah, we hope. Um, also, this is not about the defense. Tyloo mentioned he wanted the Clippers to play faster. It is only two games. We're twenty sixth in pace, so the ramp up for both of these guys. It's not talked about with Batum as much, but he's still very much ramping up too. It feels like. Yeah, um, for sure. And their roles are kind of different this year. Anyway, back to the defense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, like I said, this Trailblazers team dropped 130 on the Suns. Yes. Uh, so that's not a, a situation you want to be in. There, I, I did think, were some glimmers of hope for the Clippers in, in that Memphis game. Oh, definitely. Um, there were a couple sequences where, you know, some, some solid defensive stops mm -hmm. led to some relative ease scoring on the other end of the floor. There was bursts. There was a Bledsoe PG kind of led burst for a while. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we need to kind of string some more of those sequences together. And, and mm -hmm. I think, like, another thing that could kill us is, like, if the defense looks the same and we, we go through another one of these, like, prolonged offensive droughts, yeah. which have also happened in both games where there's, like, four-plus scoreless minutes, mm -hmm. um, you know, combined with, like, the defensive lapses, like, this is just a team that could get us underwater very, like, really pretty quickly. 100%. Another thing that's crazy, too, the Blazers are fourth in defensive rebounds per game. The Clippers are currently 29th. Wow. So there might be a boards issue in this one. Yeah. Nurkic, Do you think that's like from already relying on the small, like the small ball lineup too I mean, much? Yeah, you're you're gonna hemorrhage boards when you go as small as like we saw versus the Grizzlies. Like at one point it was four guards was, and mook. Yeah. And it was like, all right, so we're not we're foregoing the boards, which I guess is kind of by design, but Zoo's gonna have to be physical when he's out there. Um Nurk is grabbing like 14 a game. And when I say physical, like Zoo needs to help seal off the big guys so our high flying guards can come grab boards. Definitely. We're going to talk about with Terrence Mann, but his reboundings look better. So I'm hoping we'll need him and Bled to be doing that kind of like, like, like a bunch of Nats style rebounding if we're going to be going small and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Uh, um, let's get into some key matchups real quick. Who are we? We're kind of, we got a double edged sword right here. CJ McCollum is putting up 31 through two games, taking 11 threes, hitting them at like a 40% clip. Damian Lillard, you know, not quite to the Damian Lillard scoring levels that we usually see through two games. So is this just a hope one guy goes off kind of night? I, I mean, I think that's always like the hope, right? Against yeah. this Portland team is that you you slow down one of the two. And historically, um, we've slowed Dame down pretty well. Yeah, yeah. So that does give me some hope, even though like we haven't defensively, the, the team has not has been underwhelming so far. Yeah, bad. Um. <laughs> Curious to see like how we'll throw different multiple looks at Dane because it mm -hmm. will very much be like a guard by committee kind of thing. Um, I I think that they'll 
probably put Paul George on him later or like in for the, sure to, clutch cl- minutes. Yeah, clutch minutes <laughs> are like closing out quarters. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. It'll it'll also just depend on you know how much George is having to do overall. Right. Um, another matchup. Uh, well, do you have any other stuff on like the these sort of <sighs> the, the backcourt kind of there's defensive still, pairings? There's still so many questions. Yeah. With the Clippers defense that this and we've had some pretty you know this is a very tough test of the backcourt defensively. Like, I'd like to see not, man get some extended run on either oh, one of these guys. I like that because I'm you know we, we haven't even talked about like um, Simons is a kid that can torch you. Yeah. So but I digress. But the backcourt is gonna be the most important. If we can hold CJ and Dame to around fifty five combined points. Oh, I think we're in. Yeah, I, I think, think I think that'll shape. I think that'll keep us in pretty good pretty good shape. Uh, another thing matchup I'm looking at is watch the fast break in this one. So, oh God, do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> the Clippers have struggled with transition defense, though it looked really bad to my eye in the Memphis game. But like looking at the yeah. actual numbers, we were only outscored like 15 to 11. Yeah, uh, which felt like so much more. I, I agree. I agree. It felt like more <laughs> more than a four point deficit in that. So um, you know. Th- th- it seems like they're trending in the right direction. Sure. The Trailblazers have had a roller coaster ride in transition through yeah. two games. Uh, they got murked by the Kings on the fast break. You know, young team, fast team. Yeah. Uh, outscored them 20 to 2. Okay. The fast break. Yeah, not good. Uh, but then they took the opportunity to kind of smack the older sons, <laughs> the mixed sons, I guess, really. But, a lot of ageism coming uh, from me this year. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, but they outscored the sons 21 to 6. Uh, in that game where they handedly beat them. I'm worried about the transition defense. Um, and finally, Clippers versus themselves. Uh, Ty Lue lamented that the Clippers played too much one-on-one basketball during some stretches versus the Grizzlies. I agree. I, and, and for as yeah. great as Paul George was, and I, as happy like as he I... he can do it. <laughs> as happy as I was that he was like taking the final shot, there wasn't enough happening off ball to to get him open or we're doing like one pick and roll and give then a kind threat. of just like going yeah for it. or yeah. like even give a threat that like somebody else could end up with the ball in their hands. So, yeah, Blazers yeah. are not an elite defensive team. Let's move the ball. There should be open looks. Hope Reggie's moving the ball and hope Bled continues to find guys. Real quick, do the Clippers win this game? Yes or no? They gotta. Yeah, agree. They have to. Clippers get this dub. Coming up, we're gonna be talking the freshies, the new guys on the team, and it's the return. Well, the second Luke Kennard progress report of the season we're very happy to bring it to you but first gotta give a shout to prize picks uh prize picks has the best nba dfs prop game on the market prize picks offers more nba props than any other dfs prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns even interceptions thrown points scored free throws missed it's a good time all users uh, the deposit and use the promo code NBA, you'll get a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks, which is a good time. One more time. That's promo code NBA. You pick two to five players and an over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on an entry and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Very simple. Prize picks allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code NBA. Go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And now that you're picking daily fantasy, how can you watch some of that? You want to check out DirecTV. Look, I know you're all familiar with this scenario. You got mm-hmm. one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. 
and you got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Oh yeah, the Criterion Collection. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Don't forget, compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, welcome to the Freshies and the Luke Conard Progress Report. Ah, it's fresh. Very fresh. Let's start with the Freshies. We're going to make the, oh, <coughs> excuse me, the Ohio contingent wait just a few seconds for the Luke Conard Progress Report. Let's talk Isaiah Hartenstein. We didn't talk about him in the preview very much, because I think we kind of want to dedicate a little more time. He's only played one game so far. I mean, just first impressions against the Grizzlies. Not mad at it at all. No, not mad at it at, at, at all. It seems like um, he doesn't quite have as much chemistry with some of the starters. Uh, I thought Yes, there was he some... looks way better with the bench, which yeah, checks out. Yeah, I mean, he, there's just more experience there. There was... Some a couple of bad miscommunications between him and Paul George. Yeah. So I don't think I need to see too much more time of him <laughs> with them at, yeah. at, for the time being. But I do agree. Like the the passing looked crisp. Um, yeah, like his, had, his finishing looked really nice. He was on like a he scored what like nine of the Clippers points in a row. Yeah. One of them was an and one poster. Don't like it was. It kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. No, the finishing. I I gotta be honest. It it impressed me. He ended that game um, versus the Grizzlies with 11, 4, and 1. Also added two steals. It's really interesting. You, you kind of mentioned how he looks better with the reserves. He had a five-minute lineup of Reggie, Luke, Mann, Batum, and Hartenstein, and they put up a 22 defensive rating. Wow. Unsustainable, obviously. Yeah. Um, but That's absurd. <laughs> it makes no sense. Um, and it's funny. We swapped out. Bled for Reggie, I believe, in this lineup. And then their defensive rating was like 118. So the jury's kind of still out on how he's going to look defensively. But the passing is very much real. We've kind of heard a little bit of chatter about how he like might be able allowed to shoot more or whatever from outside. But I don't think that's really something that we need right now. I just like with the personnel kind of that's around him on that second unit. I don't really fully see the need, but... I mean, hey, if it's if it's you know another one of those like arrows in your quiver or whatever, great. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I'm enjoying the Hartenstein experience. There's already people saying maybe he should get more playing time than Zoo. Not sure about that. Is he out of the nine man rotation when Serge comes back? Tough to say. Because that I spots mean, all right. Like Winslow, get, you know, Winslow and Hartenstein have had this thing where they each play have played in one game. They haven't gotten both. Yeah, so it's like it's just kind of like the Winslow thing. We didn't, we didn't, we we haven't really touched. Let's on talk that about that it. Much. Yeah, he's a fresh new player. Is um, it weird that he didn't play at all in that second game? <laughs> I think so. Like I, I think that we could have used maybe some of the defense. I, you know, it didn't look good defensively. <laughs> yeah, like, I so totally I like agree. Getting another look in there would not be, yeah, would not be a bad idea. Hartenstein, I think that it makes sense to me that we didn't really see him against the Warriors. Um, I mean, we, we went, went so small. We went small a lot out, out of necessity. Yeah. Um, and then and, he kind of went small against the Grizzlies out of luxury, I guess. Or like, it was so funny. Well, I mean, they lineups. did, you know, stop. Even He was kind of dominant at points, but they did stop running Steven Adams against that lineup. Yeah, So, I mean, like, it was 
effective in that regard. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, but yeah, the justice thing to me. Do you think we see him against Portland? I hope so. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Because it's kind of him or Hartenstein. Definitely. Definitely. And yeah, I don't know. The bench to me has looked has looked pretty good. On both ends, cohesiveness process-wise, it's looked a little better than the starters. The offense is obviously much at a higher level for the starters. Yeah. But the defense is, yeah, I don't know. I think it's maybe because Batum's out there more. I don't know. I mean, Batum is definitely a major factor. Terrence Mann, I think, is also... Um, yes. Is also a big factor. We're gonna get into his warp in just a bit. Um, yeah, getting getting those two guys with um, with Winslow as well to me seems seems like a good way to slow some things down. It's just yes. you know they can't really play a whole lot of minutes against like a one kind of guys. Yes, one hundred percent. Eric Bledsoe, fresh Clipper, elite at one end of the floor for both games. Defensively, he's been great. Rough go of it offensively versus the Grizzlies. Um, he shot just three of eleven versus Memphis, but. Six boards, seven assists. And I think with Bledsoe, well, I think most Clippers fans have been pretty hyped on after these two games. He gives this team some juice. He does. It's a, it's a completely different look. I mean, I think I use the word shot out of a cannon like yeah. every time that we've watched him. Yes. Um, it, it's kind of interesting because even though he wasn't very efficient, he saves def- like offensive possessions in a way where like, his speed and like how hard he crashes the glass mm-hmm. will get us another look. Yeah. Uh, or he can do like a quick little dump off pass to somebody finishing around the rim. Yeah. Uh, he just brings a lot of interesting stuff. And defensively, defensively, like he just has such a higher peak than what we've seen so far, I think. He, he tries to do, sometimes you'll catch him kind of trying and swiping at a ball when he's yes. coming on the screen. Yeah, yeah, sometimes yeah. trying to do a little too much, but I think he's just. Really, I think that's a good sign long term for Eric Bledsoe. It shows he's trying. <laughs> like, there's fans of other teams who maybe haven't seen that kind of thing. So I think that's good in the long run. Um, the shooting is the biggest issue, which is not a surprise. That doesn't necessarily make it any easier to deal with, though. Hey, you shot 50% from three in that game against the Grizzlies, okay? <laughs> Very true. Uh, still time to get the right pieces moving around him. But do we have any too early alarm bells about him in the playoffs? No. All right. All right. Fair. No, I'm excited Look, to see how it gets worked out because it is it is a fair concern. He, here's my thing: here's they're my leaving th- him open. They're leaving him open, but I think that this team has more shooters and is maybe a little a little bit better of a build around Bledsoe than even the Bucks were. Yeah, uh, because in the in your playoff lineups, you're you're still running a traditional center, sure. even though you know Brooke couldn't shoot a little bit or whatever. He's still, for all intents and purposes, yeah. a traditional center. Plus Giannis, not a shooter, though he is improving. Yes. Uh, and then Bledsoe, like, and I think that mucks up space too much. And then Middleton, who I think sometimes has issues like creating his own shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that bogs things up a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. You know, we don't know if Kawhi is going to come back, but like what the starters look like with Kawhi out there and Bled. Yeah. You know, Um like the like the two games so far though. Who so I thought kind of an interesting thing uh that we really got to see in the Memphis game was we talked about how one of Reggie or Bled will be on the floor at all times. Mm-hmm. Uh and we got to see, you know, both of those looks essentially, which was like full bench unit plus Reggie and full bench unit plus Bled. Did one strike you as 
was maybe a little bit more tantalizing than the other. I think I have to go with Reggie just because the scoring. Gotcha. And like the outside shooting is a little bit of a help to the bench. But I love the bench's defense put out there. He shores a lot of issues up. Yeah. Yeah. It also like takes some of the burden off of Batum. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I like them both. Um, I thought in, I think Bled took the, f- no, Reggie took the first stretch with the, mm-hmm. the bench. And that looked really, really good at first. Yeah. Um, so yeah, tough to say, but it's going to be an interesting thing to watch moving forward. It's like 100%. sort of what what those minutes look like uh, with one as opposed to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, Keon Johnson is questionable versus the Blazers with an illness. Hope he's doing okay. This has kind of been an ongoing thing. Yeah. Um, Ill. Keon Johnson. Hope he gets, Very ill. Hope he's doing good. Um, and then wrapping this segment, up, we got the Luke Kennard progress report. Yes. Every Monday we talk about Luke Kennard's progress. Last Monday was really fun. He got engaged. So shout out Luke Kennard. Um, through two games... Luke Kennard is averaging eight and a half points, one and a half boards, two assists. He had four assists in game one, none in game two. He's hit three of nine threes so far. How have we liked the first two games from Luke Kennard? I, I love how aggressive he is. Process has been way better than yeah, last season already. I, I love how aggressive he is. He's definitely more confident. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kept hearing about like through training camp and the preseason, sort of like the, the hunt Luke, find Luke, where's Luke at kind of thing that they yeah. were trying to instill in everybody on the floor. And I do think we've definitely seen that. And I do, I mean, we even saw it sometimes last year, but uh, when we're, when we just need a score, I love in a closing lineup when Ty has the trust to, to make Luke yeah. a part of one of those sort of like score first closing lineups uh, in just like, you know, the closing minute or whatever yeah. of, a, of a quarter. I, that is a really good sign of trust. I want him to be put in maybe some better, scenarios in some of the lineups we saw versus the Grizzlies. Yeah, that's fair. Like Definitely. putting him in a four guard lineup with Marcus Morris as the center. That was that doesn't put him in a good place to succeed. That was such a weird that was <laughs> that such doesn't a put Reggie in a good lineup. place to succeed. Like it doesn't put anybody who's not very good or who's not not very good, but like who's not a plus defender in a place to succeed. Definitely. Definitely. Um, for sure. But no, I like it. I hope the process keeps up. I hope we're still finding him. I hope he has a big game um versus the Blazers. But it looks better through these two games than obviously the first two games and he was with the Clippers last season. Yeah, Step in, steps in the right direction. Absolutely. For sure. Um, coming up, we're going to be talking Vorp Watch and then some new stuff at Staples. Namely, they're really putting Chuck the Condor at risk. But first, Will, Built Bars. What? Uh, so if you didn't already know, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. We talk about them all the time. But did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. It's really cool when you talk to a Built Bar fan. They're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, you're missing out. They got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. You want to know what my favorite flavor is? Mm. Strawberry. Cool. Yeah, strawberry, chocolate, good, good combo, good combo. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. I keep going on about the taste, but not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they're also healthy. Check out these macros. Each bar has 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams sugar, and only four to five grams net carbs. All amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. And if you order today, you can get the grasshopper cookie, or the raspberry, or whatever you like, go to built.com and use promo code locked on, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked on for 15% off at built.com. Now that my body's tuned up, 
How can I get my car tuned up? You gotta head over to Rock Auto. Okay. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. You know, you can just, just head over to rockauto.com. You got access to it at home and in your pocket. Save time and money. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? A Honda Odyssey fuel pump, 353 bucks from a chain store, 216 from Rock Auto. That's savings. That's saving. You're saving You're saving some bucks there. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Okay, so we're back at you, and we're doing a Vorp watch, which we will be yes. doing all season. And then we have some shavings where we just kind of wrap up everything else going on around the league. We're going to talk about the fan experience at Staples. Lead us into Vorp watch, Chuck. What are we watching? What is a Vorp? So, look, there's a new weekly segment where we track Terrence Mann's value over a replacement player as well as Justice Winslow. Vorp stands for value over replacement player. Um, by definition, it is a box score estimate of the points per 100 team possessions that a player contributed above a replacement level player. Okay. This is translated to an average team and prorated to an 82-game season. There are some goofy things with Vorp. You know, like overvalue steals a little bit, but a lot of people prefer it to win shares or per. Either way, you want a higher number than a lower number. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's Sounds simple want. enough. Sounds simple enough. Um, last season, for reference, Terrence Mann was 0.5 had 0.5 VORP value over replacement player. So Makes sense. he was more valuable than a, a replacement player. He was worth a half an extra player. Sure, yeah. Um, he gets a half an extra finger. Um, <laughs> right now, he sits at minus 0.1 VORP. Minus, so currently right now, basically a replacement player. It's only been two games. He's averaging seven, eight, and three through two games. Honestly, the most impressive thing about Terrence Mann's season so far, I think other than the defense, has been his rebounding. Oh, absolutely. Could not agree more. He uh, he fights for the boards. Uh, he comes up with some big ones. And he was a part, when I mentioned like we had some good sort of defensive stops there, he was a, he was a part of some of that against the Grizzlies. Yes. Um, didn't shoot well versus the Grizzlies, one for eight, but that's that's going to happen. Um, but I think he's on track to, to have a higher VORP than last season. Yeah, definitely. And the net rating uh, is also affected because, you know, the team has lost both of its games so far. Sure. Uh, but he's currently sitting at an offensive rating of 109 and a defensive rating of 121, huh. which is a net negative of yes. about negative 12. Yeah, not good. But still time. Still time. Also, still time. Think he Two needs games. Some, thinks he needs some more minutes. Um, Justice Winslow, just one appearance so far this season. Um, and the season opener had four, six, and one. Currently at minus 0.5 VORP. So, you know, not better than a replacement player right now, but only been one game. <laughs> yeah. Not sure what his usage looks like going forward. Didn't see him in the weird lineup in Memphis. This one might be borderline. Might have to drop Winslow off the VORP watch, <laughs> depending on his appearances. No, 100%. It's kind of bizarre that he's only appeared in half the games, but I'm, I'm curious to see how that progresses. Yes. Because um, I do think we could have used his defense. I think there's going to be some games where we say that a couple times this season. Offensively, eh. he can pass. Eh. He can pass. Should he have the ball in his hands, though, <laughs> of any of the other people on the line? Yeah, freaking point center, Justin Winslow. Um, 
Wrapping up the Monday episode, we're talking some new in-game stuff at Staples. It was great to be back with the fans. Yeah. Um, on Saturday, Staples Center was rocking. We loved it. A couple new things. The debut of Classics with Reggie, which is... It's a good bit. It's just Reggie Jackson lip-syncing with other Clippers players kind of cut into it. No, no. Good time. Yeah. Just a good time all around. Wasn't expecting it. Loved it. Loved it. It was great. They did Gold Digger for the first song. Yeah. It's a good time. Excited to see where they go with this. Yeah. Hope they have more than just one song done. Um, and then I think the biggest development is it really seems like they're making Chuck the Condor do a lot more stunt work based yeah. on one home game. When are, when are they breaking out the mini motorcycle? So he did a backflip off of a ladder and dunk. 16 foot a ladder. 16 foot tall ladder, which... Very Hardy Brothers esque. If you watched the old WWF, great WWF call back in the day. Sixteen him, foot ladder doesn't sound that impressive, but then so seeing high. it, I was like, "Damn, that's a big ladder, <laughs> that's a big ass ladder." It took him two tries. Makes sense. Is there a thing where they're like, "You have you you have to complete the dunk"? Probably. Mm, that depresses me if that's a real thing. Um, or but, you don't get paid. <laughs> this just feels like a hard pivot kind of from what they used to have Chuck the Condor do, which was normal mascot stuff. Yeah. Nothing too weird. He gave that one World War II veteran a wet willy, which still does not get <laughs> talked about enough, I don't think. It's absolutely insane that that happened. Are we worried for Chuck's safety? How wor- What's our security? Where I'm, are we I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried. Backflip dunk off a 16-foot ladder while wearing a mascot suit. That's that's the home opener. Yeah. It can where only we, get more insane. Where do we go from here? Does the ladder get taller every game? Uh, I hope they do like a, a full loop kind of ramp with a oh motorcycle. He's in a, little, he's in a little Hot Wheels car. Like one of those ones. Man, um, hope, Chuck's, hope Chuck's okay. Yeah. Hope he recovered from Saturday. Yeah, maybe hang glides in from the rafters or something. Sting, dude, cool. we've talked about how they need to lower him from the rafters like Sting and just take a mask off and it's just Chuck the Condor. Um, anyway, shout out Chuck the Condor. Shout out Classics with Reggie. Oh, and the Clippers have a crump team now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's an addition to the to the Clippers spirit. Yes. Uh, which, which is, is the crump team. It's intense. It's intense, but very, very good dancers. Very good dancers. Uh, I did not know that crumping was still a thing. Well. So I'm an idiot. You're not a big crump guy? Apparently not. Just Apparently shock, not. Man, shocking development on Locked on Clips. Well, we'll talk about it on Locked on Crump. Um, Tuesday's episode, we're very excited. We have uh, Pavi from Hoops and Brews. Yes. The conglomerate over at Hoops and Brews. They're doing so many good things, him and TPJ. He's going to join us to recap the game versus the Blazers. He's also going to be answering questions because it's Twitter Tuesday. So send your questions in the at Locked on Clips. Um, and honestly, whatever else happens to you now and then in Clipperland, we'll have for you. Yeah. Um, Will, if someone was like, you work for that Clippers podcast, where, where, the heck can I, where the heck can I listen to that? What would you tell them? You can check us out on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon mm-hmm. Music. We're on Nalgene Water Bottle Pods. Yeah. Uh, very exclusive. Very, Unbreakable. Very, yeah, very psyched to get on that. Yes. Uh, if you wanted to help the show out, though, you could leave a rating or review over at iTunes or on the podcast app, Five Stars. It really helps the show out. Mm-hmm. We'd super appreciate it. We mentioned it up top, but we do come at you Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. And, hey, we would love to have you listen. We absolutely would. So excited the season is back. We're in full swing. handful of games as we cannot wait to bring you all the content for that. I have been Positive Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. And as always, we appreciate you.